Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football season is here, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is the wide receiver, Terrence Copper. I am the co-host, David Grubb. And a great win to start the season. Not the most beautiful win we ever saw in our lives. Not the most, uh, you're not going to put that one in the time capsule. But the Saints get their fifth consecutive opening day win. Um, and, and TC, they showed a lot of grit and uh, perseverance in trying to in, in pulling this game out. They did, and that's what you you're proud of those guys. You're 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 excited to see it. Like I said, it wasn't a perfect game, but Tennessee is a pretty good team with the, with their pretty good defense, you know. And for us to pull it out, the way we pulled it out, because that was a tough game for us to win. Uh, but for us to be victorious, you know, after that type of game, you know, it's it's it can propel us to more wins because we're able to win close games like that. The the thing that I noticed, you know, I thought that when we looked at the schedule, this game was really important because not only you want to start the season off on a good start, but I thought Tennessee in particular presented the Saints with some challenges that they needed to address early in the season and that would help us understand where this team was early on. And I think it exactly did that. The questions that we had before the season, some of them feel answered. The other ones that we all that we feel were further, I think, enhanced. And I'll start with the offensive line. We have so much good to talk about, but I want to deal with the offensive line and get that out of the way because out of everything in that game, and there are a couple other mistakes here and there, the offensive line was the biggest difficulty for the Saints in sustaining drives creating running lanes and protecting the quarterback. We had, you had um, uh, Derek Carr in his first start with the Saints under pressure, 45% of his throws on the afternoon. That's a lot of pressure. So what did you see out of that offensive line that either confirmed or, or was a little surprising as to what you thought going into the season? It kind of confirmed things for me. Uh, like I said, we have to get better offensively, offensive line-wise. Um, I feel like I left tackle. We have to get a little better at left tackle. But I think they did. We got to get better at offensive line, but I think they didn't do as bad as as I probably would have thought they would have done. We can build from what we had from the game that we just played. We can build from it. We didn't run the ball particularly well, like as we should have had or we felt like we could have had. But one thing I like, and I know we talked about the old line, but one thing I like that – our offense coordinator did what Pete did. He didn't abandon the run. Even though we wasn't, we couldn't run the ball the way we wanted to run it. 
he he still didn't abandon the run because, and I think that helped us out a lot as well. The fact he didn't abandon it. And the reason why I say that is because if you get to a point to where you're struggling running the ball, you just abandon it and you just start throwing the entire time. Now that defense that you're going against, which is a good defense, their D line can pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback the entire time with no any with no type of respect of you running the ball. You know, so the fact that we kept trying to pound it and we kept trying to run the ball, I think that helped us out as well farther down the line, uh, even though we didn't run it as efficient as we wanted it to. But I think O-line-wise, I think we have to continue to get better. But I'm glad we see we got to get better after a win compared to see we got to get better and we lost. And and as you said, that Tennessee defensive line is one of the more talented defensive lines that you're going to see with Arden Key coming off the edge. We saw he, how disruptive he was up the middle. They were able to force pressure. They had a good rotation of defensive linemen coming in and out um, for them throughout the game. And I think overall for David Carr, though he was under pressure, he didn't get hit a lot. He didn't take big hits. He did take a few sacks, but he did not take really big hits. And that was important. But what's the flip side of that? And you talk about abandoning the run. Tennessee, with the lead, essentially abandoned the run. And, and we'll get deeper on these things otherwise. But, but you saying that, I thought that was one of the most significant decisions in the game. For Tennessee in the second half, they ran the ball very well and had some big plays with their running backs, particularly your two biggest plays are a run to the outside and a screen to the outside. Taji Spears, three carries for 27 yards. He was looking good with the ball in his hands, but they don't run the ball hardly at all in that third quarter where they give up the lead. Yeah, and I think that's something that I'm quite sure uh, Coach Vrabel will probably have a meeting with his offensive coordinator after he looks at everything, after he go back and watch this game, especially from the key, the TV copy, uh, and, and come back and watch this game. He's going to have some some words for his offensive coordinator or questions of why he abandoned the run, of why he stopped getting his running backs involved. Um, because like you said, that really helped us out a lot. It helped us, even though our defense was playing tough, but I think they started with Tennessee had have a great run game. They mm -hmm. always had a good run game. But once they start throwing that ball, even though defensively we are a good run-stop team, but I think we got some great DBs. You know, I think we have some good DBs in our secondary. And even though Tennessee made some plays, but the plays they made, I felt like our DBs was right there, you know, was right there to make those plays. So that helped us out a lot, the fact they abandoned the run. In a game where turnovers were so vital, you know, that the abandoning of the run, the Saints get two turnovers, one interception that Derek Carr throws deep in the red zone, which ended up, again, the defense did a fantastic job in shutting down Tennessee off of that. And then you had the the, uh, the the Rashid Shaheed kickoff turnover at the beginning of the game. But your defense gives you three interceptions in a situation where Ryan Tenhill almost threw 40 passes in this game in a game that was 16 to 15. It just, I think it, it played into the Saints' strengths because it allowed those young pass rushers, the Brian Brzees, the, the Peyton Turner, while he was in the game before he got injured, Cam Jordan got a half a sack. You, um, you know, everybody was involved in that defensive line. They got to attack and do that instead of having to worry about Derrick Henry coming right up the middle on them. And I thought that that played into the same strengths. And like I said, allowed the secondary with Paulson, Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus May, all of them, it allowed them to make plays 
because they could sit on passes. They knew that the pass was coming. I think I think one time I think as as fans and as analysts, we look at certain times and we say, okay, well, you know, it's week one, the offense got to get in the rhythm, or the defense just had to figure some things out. Well, that goes for coaches as well. You know, they got to get in the rhythm of how they want to call call these plays during the course of that game. Uh, so it, it takes time for the offensive coordinator as well, defense coordinator to get into a rhythm of how he wants things to go, what looks good for us. This is the first game. You know, when we played Tennessee, of course, I mean, you go through all the stuff you go through during preseason, but nobody's scheming you in preseason. You know, so now when you go against a team and y'all got to scheme each other, you know, those play calls, those defense coordinators, they got to get a feel for how they want to run their team as well throughout that throughout that game. So they got they got adjustments they have to make. And I think Tennessee, like I said, we talked about it earlier, Tennessee just made bad adjustments when it comes to abandoning the run. The Saints, you know, as we talked about, they, they fumbled the, the first uh, possession. Rashid gives it, uh, Shahid gives it up on a kickoff return, but the defense holds, only gives up three. And then the Saints respond, only end up with three themselves, but the play calls to start. Easy throws that got separation from Michael Thomas in particular, a guy who's coming back needs to get his rhythm. It seemed that's exactly what they needed to do to start. Oh my goodness. Look, the beginning of that game, how we not just the beginning of the game, throughout the game, to how we got Michael Thomas involved. To me, he looked like the old Michael Thomas. I wouldn't know any different. I wouldn't know any difference because the way we got him involved, involved, he's catching balls. Like I said, they're easy catches to make. I'm not saying easy, but they're easier catching throws just to get the confidence up, not only for the receiver and also, but for the quarterback as well. Uh, I think the play calling was great by Pete. It was just one of those games that it's just a tough game. And that, and that's usually how the NFL goes. I mean, you're not going to have a lot of games where teams are going to win games by more than seven points. That's the average of how much games are winning by seven points. You know, so for us to win a one-point game versus a Tennessee Titans team that is that's great in the run game and they have a great defense, and for us to come back, come out there and win on our opening day, it's huge. It's going to take us so far when it comes to the rest of our season, understanding that we can go up against a quality opponent and still win a knockout game, a drag-out game like we played, and we can come out victorious. Confidence-wise, that should push us through the roof. Let's look. Let's go through the receiving core because one of the exceptional things I thought from Michael Thomas, you know, you got the, the moniker of slant boy. They throw him the slant and he runs after the catch and puts some real speed and was an acceleration. And as you said, it, I don't know how healthy he is and how what where he is compared to what he where he was three years ago at his peak. But he looked in, in, in the situations where he had to get separation. He showed the ability to do so. Yes, yes. And not only him, I'm a Olave. Olave, I expect great things from him this year. His route run. Uh, yes. You know, you look at but you know what? It's it's not just his route running, it's his feel. It's his feel for the game. It's his feel for holes. It's his feel for uh sitting down in zones. His and, adjustments that and finding the open area. Yes, you know. The way he have a feel for running routes, like I say, you got guys that, that can run routes, but they don't. That don't mean they got a feel for it. You know, they don't have a feel for zones and different things like that. 
But the way he has a feel for zones, the way he runs his routes, and he runs so effortlessly, I guess because he's so light. So it looked like he barely, you know, giving effort when he's running, but he's moving, you know. So I, I look for a lot of great things coming from him because we talked about it last year when he was a rookie. He's playing like he's an eight-year veteran, and this is just year two for him. Everything seemed like it slowed down. Uh, the game is slowed down for him. He's getting open easily, uh, you know. So I, I look for great things from him, but not just him, but the entire our entire receiving court, especially with him being beside, being on on the same side or alongside of uh, Michael Thomas. That's going to help Michael Thomas out a lot. And you saw the patience because the, he didn't get a catch in the first quarter, but then the catches started to come. He, you know, a lot of guys would say, "Well, we got to find him. We got to find him." The Saints were able to to get everybody their catches. Rashid Shaheed, the big catch, the biggest call of the game on third and six to decide to go deep to a second-year guy. And they saw it. They read it. And you saw him on the sidelines, Derek Carr and Jameis Winston both were like, yeah, if it's there, let's take it. That recognition, A, from your quarterback, your trust in that receiver that you only ran one series with in the preseason. But that trust there in that situation – that that was something that was impressive as well. It was. It was. And and the fact we're talking about other players, when you look at uh, Taysom Hill, I feel like we could have got him involved a little bit more. Uh, I think that's one guy. And and honestly, it's you love to have a guy like Taysom Hill on your team. You love to have that guy because he can do everything. But he, he does so much that it's almost as a coordinator, like, dang, how can I get him all his touches did and you, still run my offense? Did you, uh, you know, and, I, and the, the announcers talked about this with Taysom too, is the plays that they did run, it felt as if it was a bit too obvious what they were going to do with him. And I mm-hmm. think that that was the mistake because they are trying to figure out, and we talked about this throughout the preseason, how are they going to balance him with his touches? Where were they going to figure out how to use him? They tried to throw a pass to him in the end zone that, that was over his head. I think he only he only had one catch for one yard on the game. I think they're still trying to figure out what to do with him, but I think lining him up straight up under, under center, I think everybody knows exactly what that is. And unless it's short yardage, you've got to move him in order to make him effective. Definitely. Uh the way we're using them, like you're, you're hitting it right on the head, we can't just line them up at quarterback, you know, in the shotgun and run sweeps with them. Because, like, it's it's so obvious. I think – and he's not the type of player, even though he's a great all-around player, he's not the type of player that's going to kill you with his route running. He's not going to do that. He's the type of player that you just got to get the ball in his hands in space and let him do his thing. So, for me, if I'm, if I'm calling plays for him, I'm running screens with him. I'm running tight end screens with him. I may line him up in the backfield and run a play action just to get him out in the flats, give him something in the flats and let him catch it in space and do his thing. Or if I'm going to handle the ball, I may line up every running back and just turn around and hand it to him. You know, so I'm not necessarily very high on him getting the ball, running the ball at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. I'm more high on him getting the ball in space and giving him that way. I think you could line him up at the fullback spot. The Saints don't have a fullback on this roster. And I think in, and in situations to give you another option in the backfield with Jamal Williams, while you're all trying to figure this thing out, 
Taysom can chip block and create something for this offensive line in that regard. And then if he does release, like you said, he's in space. And if there's a check down and Derek Carr needs to find him out in the flat, you know he can do something with the football. Right, right. Like that, to me, I think that is the perfect way to use a guy like Taysom Hill that can just do so much. Uh, just put them in space. Put him in space. Look, I know this is this sound very crazy, but the same way we use Reggie Bush, and I'm not saying he's the not talent volume, of Reggie yeah. Bush. Not yeah, volume, but, but just get touches. Yes, get just get him touches. Even, honestly, even I put him back there on kickoff, even though we got Shahid back there, but I put him back there on kickoff and see if you guys want to come down and hit a guy like that running full speed. You know, so I, I would test him out everywhere. Yeah, because, I mean, we know – there are fewer reps total for him to go around. So the ones you can use him in, I think you can be more flexible in how you use him because he's not going to get a ton of of reps at quarterback. He's not going to get a ton of reps at tight end. So those specialized reps, I think at running back could open things up for him while you're trying to replicate what you had with Alvin Kamara, because it it seems like there's still not that the rhythm is not going to be there for Carr in the passing game with Williams at this point. And it, it showed that it wasn't there in week one. Yeah, it did. It did. And 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 honestly, moving on to um, to the game next week, with this week coming up, I think Carolina is, and I don't want to jump the gun, but even though Carolina lost to the Falcons, Carolina's a lot better than what that score said when they lost to the Falcons. Me looking at everything when it comes to, because I've been looking at the Falcons, looking at, Carolina and what was the biggest difference between there and at the end of the day Carolina had more first downs than the Falcons Carolina the Falcons was two for something on third down I think they set Bryce Young up badly to throw 43 passes as on his first game what are you doing way too many passes for him his his best friend is the run game. You got to run, and that's where they messed up. But they had three turnovers. They threw two picks, and they had a fumble. And that is what separated that score so much between Carolina and the Falcons. Because, honestly, Carolina, number-wise, they look way better than the Falcons on paper when it comes to the stats. Time of possession, first downs, uh, third-down conversions. Carolina was better than the Falcons. But those three turnovers – and that's what killed them. So, and I say all that is us going into this game coming up. We can't look at Carolina and think that, oh, they got beat by the Falcons by, you know, I want to say a touchdown, about two touchdowns, something like that. Oh, we might be able to come in and stick. No, nah, we got to go in there and play because Carolina is a lot better team than what they showed. If they didn't have those three turnovers, Carolina win that game. And the one thing we know is the Saints always have a difficult time, no matter who's been there no matter who's been under center, no matter who's been the head coach. Since the Saints and the Panthers over the last 15 years, is they've really been the Saints' toughest rival in the division. The Saints have dominated the Bucs, dominated the Falcons. The Panthers have been right there. And going to <laughs> Carolina specifically has been very hard for the Saints. And, at the, you know, uh, uh, primetime games too, you know, it's it, you never know what's going to happen. And I think the thing you can't take away is what Atlanta was great at is giving it to the running backs. That's not what the Saints are great at. So you can't take Atlanta's formula for beating it because they only threw 18 passes. With Desert Ritter, I think it was 14 for 18 for 140-something yards. 
The Saints are not going to play that way. So you can't really take Atlanta's playbook and say, let's apply that. I do think, though, if you're the Saints offense, you do need to see if you can really establish the run against a team that did give up running rushing yards last week. You better be able to get something physical going against Carolina. And, and honestly, I think you go into every week thinking that, okay, we got to run the ball. Every week I think you go into act thinking that you have to run the ball. I just think what changes is how you're going to run yes. it, how you're going to attack them. I think that's the change. But you still go into every game expecting to establish the run. Because if you can establish the run, it just makes everything else so much easier. You know, everybody, everybody will be able to make plays if we can run the ball. You know, it just makes everything. We eat the clock up. We limit the time they have the ball. Uh, our O-line get to fire off, teeing off on guys. You know, and then it sets up the play action. So I just feel like us being able to run the ball is going to be huge for us, but not just this week, but also the few, the next weeks that's that's coming along behind this one. Before we switch over to the defensive side, we do have to talk about Derek Carr and his debut, 22 of 33, 305 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, I thought it was a very Derek Carr performance. I mean, like considering all the things that were going on around him, the pressure that he was under, a lack of a running game, it being opening week, there wasn't, he managed the game as he should. The one bad throw, I think he recognized immediately that it was the, the wrong throw to make. You just cannot make that play. But everything else, I think he played within himself. He made good decisions by and large. He got his all of his receivers involved. I can't complain about week one. Can't complain at all. Like, if you got a quarterback coming in, that is how you end up. Of course, the turnover. But everything else, you want your quarterback to play like that, especially his first week, his first his first game with the team, uh, week one. We have a we came over with a victory. You know, that's how you want him to play. Even the interception, when I go back to the interception, look at it. I'm fine with the interception that he threw. Of course, you don't like interceptions, but the reason he threw it and how he threw the interception, I'm fine with because truthfully, that was the right read to make. He had great anticipation. You can't. You can't make that throw unless you anticipate it. Because if you if you don't anticipate that throw, that ball can get picked off anyway. But for him to anticipate that guy coming behind that, coming behind the DB, because it looked like they were sitting more like a cover two area, and it seemed like they were trying to hit the tight end through the seam, but that corner kind of fell off on it. So the read was right. It was just the corner played it well. You know, so I'm fine with that pick because honestly, he was going to the right place. But the corner did a great job of falling off of it. But other than that, I, I think, you know, again, it shows. I, I think that the confidence is there, certainly for the the coaching staff. But the, the, the problems that will be for Derek are the same that were there for Jameis. The offensive line's got to keep him clean and they have to find a running game. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is in the NFL. It doesn't matter who that is. Aaron Rodgers will tell you. And we talked about this early in, in the preseason. We said, the biggest concern we had about the Jets was their offensive line. And in 75 seconds into the season, a lack of a quality offensive line leads to an injury. Now, it's not their whole responsibility. You can't be responsible for the man's body. But that hit is because you had trouble protecting. And I think that's the one thing for the Saints throughout the season. Carr won't blow games for them as long as they protect him and do what they need to do. And I think what, I think what Pete is going to do, he's going to start – scheming up some chip plays where 
you know, you got your running backs chipping before they go out into the flats or your tight end chipping before he go out for passes. And that's just to help your guys out, to help your offensive line out. Uh, he may end up doing some max protect stuff where you have your running back staying in block as well. And you maybe only send two or, receive, two or three receivers out there uh, to make these, these catches. So it's a lot of different things you can do to help your offensive line uh, get to where they want to get to. But like you said, everything's going to come down to if we can protect them. Uh, and that's going to, that's with the run game and the pass game. It's hard to have any negative notes about the defensive side of the football. Uh, they pretty much did everything that they were supposed to do. Like we said, we talked about the couple of big plays that they did, did give up. That's Derrick Henry, and it's week one. They had never, I didn't realize they had never played against Derrick Henry before. So for anybody, oh, that wow. first time you got to deal with Derrick Henry. And Marcus May learned about that. And Derrick Henry put oh, him in the, on his back with that stiff arm. But <laughs> overall, yeah, they, they gave up a couple of plays here and there. But you limited to uh you limited DeAndre Hopkins to his worst game, I think, in his career versus the Saints. Six catches and 13 targets, only 70 yards. So he didn't really have a giant impact. You get three picks for the first time since 2021. You get three picks and three sacks in the same game for the first time since 2020. You did the job. What there's there's like there's nothing you can say bad. I mean, like the team's gonna have some plays. It's the NFL. Everybody on scholarship. So you got teams gonna gonna have plays and players that's gonna make plays for you. But collectively, like I said, we get three picks. Uh, the defense played, they play stout majority of the game. And we only gave up 15 points. I take that every day of the week versus the Tennessee Titans team. You take that every day of the week. If we can, if we holding teams at 15 points a game, we should be undefeated. I don't want to jump the gun too quick, but we should be undefeated if we can hold teams the way we held Tennessee. Uh, and I think coming out defensively, they just kept right on up with the same thing they've been doing the last couple of years, showing their dominance. Uh, it don't matter who you have. We can still go out there and play with you and give our offense and give our team a chance to win. And that's all you want from your defense. You want a chance to win this game. And that's what they absolutely gave the team from the opening. Again, you, you, most teams, you turn it over on your first possession. You think it's a you know that quick change. The other team's going to get in the end zone. No, the Saints were able to reset. Crowd had a big part in, in it, too, getting some false starts on that Tennessee offensive line. But again, Cam Jordan looked fresh in, in, in week one. Carl Granderson looked fast. You know, Brian Breezy looked good as a rookie. Um, you saw Demario Davis play well. You saw Pete Werner moving sideline to sideline. And then when you talk about the secondary, Marshawn Lattimore playing all pro levels, second uh, defensive back. And Elante Taylor in the slot, one penalty early, but then nothing really in front of him after that. Oh, man, I love our secondary. I love these guys. These guys can cover. Uh, they're fast. They're physical, and they can cover. You know, so I feel any type of receiver that we have that we got to go against, I feel great about putting Latimer on that guy and containing him. It don't matter what receiver we have that, that we're going against against. And it could be all pro receivers. That's how good I think Lattimore is. Now, do I feel like Lattimore is just going to shut you down from getting anything? No, I don't it's think NFL. he's that type of shutdown guy. Yeah, he's not that type of shutdown guy. But he's the type of shutdown guy that's going to make everything hard for you. If you do catch a pass on him, 
you're going to deserve it. You're going to earn it. You know, so and that's all you ask. Make these passes hard for receivers to catch. And that's what you want out of all your defensive backs. I think Lattimore is is one of the better defensive backs in this league, though. Lastly, we got to talk about the complimentary football. Your rookie kicker comes out three for three, including a 52 yarder. So the moment wasn't too big for him, especially in a game this tight where every one of those points counted. <laughs> he, he looked good on every kick. None of, none of them looked like they were close to missing. I think we talked about this on our last podcast or maybe one before then uh, because we knew that they let our kick, they let the kicker go from last year and we kept the new guy that came in, you know, and we kind of talked about it. They must see something that we don't see in practice, not just in, in uh, preseason games, but in practice as well for us to cut a veteran and to pick up another guy that, you know, had never kicked for us before. And I think we've seen it. We see exactly what they see in practice every day. This guy, he makes tough kicks. And 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 everybody has to realize in practice, we don't just kick field goals in practice. We make it high-pressure situations to where we might have a bunch of crowd noise around uh, if he make the kick or not. Or if he make the kick or not, we may have to run afterwards. So even though it might not be a game necessarily on the line, but there's something on the line for us to make these kicks in practice. And it's still pressure situation, just different, just different pressure. So for him to go out there and do what he did, you know, that's going to serve us well moving forward. I think this is the stat going forward for this season. Dennis Allen, uh, these are two stats. Dennis Allen um, in his Saints career, 18 games. In the 11 games that they've held opponents to 20 points or less, they're six and five. The reason? They're three and seven when they score 20 points or less. If the Saints can be consistent around 25 to 28, you know, 25 points, I think, that area, if they can be 25 points a week with this defense, I think you're right. It's a, This is a double-digit win team. But you've got to have that 16 ain't going to cut it every week. Got to be in the 20s in this league to win, to win consistently. And that's been the one thing is can the Saints offense get to that point? Week one was a little rough. But there were a lot of things to build on. So I think we'll see a lot more. And as you always said, the biggest growth is between week one and week two. Let's see what happens for this week against Carolina. And I think that number that you came up with at 25 points, I think that's the perfect number because I just don't see other teams putting up more than 24 points on this defense. And that's three touchdowns in the field goal. I just don't see another team putting up that many points consistently versus our defense. I just don't see it, you know, and I, I feel like you said, if our defense come out and hold teams to that or our offense come out and put up about 25 points a game, and I'm jumping the gun right now, so don't shoot me, but I'm jumping the gun. I, I told somebody else today, earlier today, I feel like coming out of the NFC, I'm just jumping the gun. <laughs> The Saints or either the Cowboys are coming from the NFC. That's what I feel, for, especially watching just week one. We just watch, you know, it's early, and me just watching week one and just watching defenses across the NFL. And even defenses, if you got a good defense, you can go anywhere and play. And I feel like right now the Saints and the Cowboys probably have the best defense in this league. And I think those two teams is going to, one of those two teams is going to come out of the NFC. Right now, I think the teams, the class of the NFC, I don't know which team, but this is the order in alphabetical order of the teams that I was most impressed with in the NFC. 
Of course, Dallas with 40 to nothing over the Giants, that's very impressive. Um, their defense, that speed. I think their defense is better than that offense. I, I'm mm-hmm. still not, I still don't have a ton of faith in in, in Dallas' offense and Dak Prescott. I don't. Right. Detroit winning at Kansas City, even without Travis Kelsey, that's an impressive road win. That's an impressive road win. I don't know, again, I don't know how good Detroit is, but to get that win in week one is a very big kind of win for a program that feels like it's building towards something. Green Bay was a shock to me that they put up the points that they did. Not that Chicago didn't score, but that Green Bay was able to put up the points that they did and Jordan Love looked as comfortable as he did. Philadelphia was a little bit of a disappointment from the way that they started six, up 16-0 and then not really doing much after that, only scoring nine points the rest of the way. I get it was the weather, but you're from Philly. Y'all play outside, and you're supposed to be a running mm-hmm. team anyway. They didn't look great against uh, uh, New England to me. San Francisco looked better than I thought with, with them being able to put up 30 points. Rock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, and that defense still looks really scary. Um, but I think the three best teams, I think it's this, that that uh, that I look at, Saints, San Francisco, Dallas right now. Because I, I was disappointed. I agree with you. I was really disappointed in Philly. Right, right. I definitely agree with you with that. I, I, can't, I can't go against that. I definitely, like I said, the, two of those three teams, that's, those are my picks, you know. So I agree with you on that. All right, we're going to see what happens Monday night. Uh, big game, of course. Division game, the first one of the year. Going up against a rookie quarterback on the road, Monday night football. It couldn't be better than that. We will be back uh, to give you our thoughts after the game, of course. Until then, he's the receiver, Terrence Copper. I'm the co-host, David Grubb. And this has been Believe in Saints. Who that? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.